life. How long yeah. have you been the director? Last couple of years, right? Uh, so actually, I just took over in November. Okay, so right. just a, about a year, almost. Just exactly about a year. That's right. A year as the director of uh, the what was then the Athens Clark Heritage Foundation. How long have they been around? As long as I can remember. So the nonprofit has been working in Athens for 52 years. They were founded in 1967. Okay, shortly after I was founded. <laughs> uh, and now this thing about changing the name, historic right. Athens. First of all, talk about before we talk about the name sure. changes. Talk about the mission, whatever it's called. What, sure. what do you folks do? So our formal mission is to develop community-wide understanding of the value of three things, um, historic buildings, neighborhoods, and heritage. Uh, and so for 52 years, we've worked to celebrate and conserve some of the most important historic buildings in Athens, some of the most important stories, celebrate some of the most important people. Um, and we actually came together. Most people uh, who are close to us know this, but some don't. So if everyone knows where the federal building is downtown across from the Classic Center, uh, at the time, the oldest residence in Athens was there, but it was set to be torn down. Um, and our group came together just as a real grassroots effort to save that building. That building is now on the corner across from the foundry and serves as the Athens Welcome Center. It's the Church Waddle mm -hmm. Brumby House. All right. Um, so, yeah, so we've been in operation doing that for some time. All right. Uh, and now the name change. I uh, don't want to dwell on it, but it's significant or you wouldn't be doing it. Uh, what's wrong with Athens Clark Heritage Foundation as a name? What does historic Athens represent? Sure. So if you were to go to any of Georgia's top 20 cities by population and you were to walk in the door of their local historic preservation outfit, guaranteed it would be called Historic Macon, Historic Augusta, Historic Columbus, etc. And there was this whole preservation coalition out there, people that have best practices, know the way to get this stuff done, and also folks that are usually much more tied in than we are into their local community. And so we saw this as an opportunity to kind of join that coalition, to become better aligned with what's going on around the state. Um, and also that name change has been coming for a long time. I, I spoke to a local historian and community figure, Milton Leathers, recently, and when he was with the board, he said that it's been a topic of conversation since the 90s. Uh, the other thing is that when, when you're an education and advocacy nonprofit, and Tim, you know how many nonprofits there are in Athens, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to stand out. Brevity is a, is a good thing. Mm. And so being able to just, in a quick two-word way, introduce yourself, make it clear what you do, um, it, it helps. There's also, I gather, and I'm reading uh, some, some folks who have some concern about that word heritage itself, uh, because that has come to, in some respects, uh, at least the appearance of having been hijacked uh, in a certain some, way. Yeah, of, some people feel that way, and, and we do want the front door open to everyone. We didn't abandon the idea of heritage. In fact, if you go, uh, if you drive by our offices on 489 Prince Avenue, Old Fire Hall Number 2, uh, you'll see that we have new signs and the taglines on there. It says celebrating and conserving our community heritage. So we're still committed to the idea of community heritage. For one, historic, we felt made it more clear what we did. Mm. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, roughly four out of 10 people in Athens are, are people of color. And it, we got research back from the Fanning Institute that suggested that some folks were turned off by the word or the, the name Athens mm. Clark Heritage Foundation. And the last thing I'll add on that, Tim, is uh, you know, as a, as a 501c3 nonprofit that's raising money just like every other nonprofit, uh, we got some good feedback that the word foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it sound like you got some really deep pockets and benefactors like and all that stuff. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, all right. Uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Valentine, director of what we'll now call Historic Athens. And let's start with that word historic. And that's your mission, right? Historic preservation. That's preserve right. the heritage, all these things that we use several words in talking about important and historic and legacy. Every one of those words, though, there's a degree of subjectivity to them. What's historic to you is an eyesore to me. What's heritage to you is blight to me. I mean, we have different standards for assessing these things. What standards ought we be using? Right. Well, so the history on this is actually really interesting. Um, so uh, in the early 1900s, you know, the U.S. still kind of viewed itself as a startup, you know. We, <laughs> we, and all of a sudden we realized, uh, you know, Tim, right before you and I went on air, we were talking about running and when our knees get creaky yeah. <laughs> or when you realize you're a little older than you thought you were. Early 1900s, uh, the Mount Vernon Society came together and said, oh, my gosh, George Washington's house is in danger. Should we let that get torn down? And that movement kind of bridged into the national park movement in the early 1900s uh, to save our national parks. Well, interesting because to this day, Mount Vernon is private. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, and, and th this takes all kind of work. It takes public work, private work. It takes uh, every part of the community coming together. But in the national parks, almost every national park you go to, somewhere in there, there was a lodge. They had to decide whether to tear mm. down or save. And that eventually led to this discussion of historic preservation. So to answer your question... Uh, the formal definition of historic, according to the National Park Service, is uh, 50 years old and older and looks largely the way it did initially. That's, okay. that's basically what they're looking for. Because you're right. Once you get outside of that, what, what's history and what's heritage? Uh, you know, every person you ask might have a different. Opinion. And that matters, Tommy Valentine. It begins to matter at, at, at a macro level. I mean, really locally in my neighborhood, that house, that that structure, that that barn or garage or whatever, right. that that matters in my neighborhood, or it can. Right. Well, you know, I grew up in Cedar Creek, and uh, for those of you that live in Cedar Creek, a lot of those houses are about to technically hit that mark of, is this historic? And this is something that every generation has to grapple with, you know, what's historic and what's not. The way I usually explain it to folks, though, the way we're looking at it now is... I think there's a difference between historic preservation and what the rest of the world calls calls heritage conservation. So a lot of times if I'm talking to somebody that's never dealt with historic preservation before and I say, okay, you live in Athens, you love Athens. If you were to leave Athens for 20 years and come back, what building or space or restaurant, if it were gone, would you feel like it wasn't Athens anymore? And since there are so many towns in Georgia where... Well, that happened with Zim's closed as far hey, as Hey, Zim's bagels. I absolutely <laughs> I can remember the tables. Uh, but no, I mean, this is, this is, that's exactly right. Some people say Steve Arenos. Some yeah. people say, uh, you know, the, when Pepino's was in downtown Athens. But whatever it is, people have a place. And, you know, businesses can go anywhere. Uh, tourists can go anywhere. If you want a competitive edge in the state of Georgia or in the United States, your your city needs to feel like a place. It can't just feel like a collection of strip malls. And so what our job is is to help Athens keep that competitive edge. Tommy Valentine, Director of Historic Athens. What's that? Well, you have known it for years as the Athens Clark Heritage Foundation discussing this morning the mission of what is now called Historic Athens. A few weeks ago, and I've been meaning to mention this, I rolled out a list, a local list. We get this from time to time from the folks at the 
state, uh, the, the list of places in peril, historic places that may be in danger of, of being destroyed or, or slipping away from us. You've done that locally. I released this list of places of peril uh, and the places in peril. What are we looking at here? What are we talking about? Yeah, so uh, you're, you hit the nail on the head when you said that this is something the state does uh, once a year. So the Georgia Trust uh, for Historic Preservation has a tradition of doing this. And a lot of other organizations like ours do this, Historic Macon and others. What you do is you put out an all call to the community and you say, hey, if there's something historic in your backyard that you think is falling down or in danger in some way, come to us, let us know, and we'll vet it. And so this year, um, on, on stage at the Morton Theater as part of our 50th Annual Preservation Awards, um, and for your listeners that are still trying to figure out who we are, we're <laughs> the ones that put those big white and blue banners on the side of all your favorite buildings. Um, uh, but uh, on stage during the Preservation Awards, we announced our places in peril list, and, and these were six sites, historic sites, that we felt they were in danger for some reason or another, uh, but that told an important part of the Athens story. But, uh, speaking of the Morton, mm-hmm. I might as well start there. Yeah. I mean, I, people don't, I don't know if people know this or not. I didn't. I mean, Camp Calloway performed at the Morton. That's Duke right. Duke Ellington That's performed right. at the freaking Morton Theater. That's right. I mean, that place is just eaten up with history. And, right. and of course, and, and we, I think, appreciate the, the treasure that it is. But in this world, nothing's guaranteed. Well, and I think that I'm so glad you started there because one of the places on the Place in Peril list, um, the Maddox Center, it's a building a lot of people have driven by. So if you're on Atlanta Highway, you're scooting up past uh, Steak and Shake, you take a left like you're going to the library on Magnolia. On your left, you're going to see a building with an old faded Coca-Cola sign. And as soon as, uh, you know, a lot of listeners, they're immediately going to know what I'm talking about. That building was an African-American American Legion building built by returning Korean War veterans, built by hand. Um, and it became a community music hall. B.B. Uh, King played there. <laughs> James Brown played there. Um, we've heard Chuck Berry might have played there. Um, and it's just sitting there, and the church wants to turn it into a community center, um, but it needs a lot of work. And so that's just one example of the kind of places we're talking about. What are you doing with the Clark County School District? And this is a hot potato politically yeah. now, this business about the uh, the West Broad Market and that whole facility the board met just last night and yep. all kind of issues and things they have to consider about where new school district headquarters are going to be. Uh, what, from your perspective, what should happen there and what do we think will? Yeah, so, you know, I went to Clark County Schools. I'm very proud to have graduated K-12 through here. In, Cedar Shoals. Cedar Shoals. Go Jaguars. Go Jaguars. Tonight's the game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I... Uh, I, I went K through 12 in, in Athens, and so when I took this job, one of the first things that was really on my priority list was to build better partnerships with the school district. Um, we see that leading to things like uh, more information in the classroom about local history, opportunities for field trips, and more. Uh, this first opportunity that we're working on with the school district is we're going to be advising and consulting them as they work to redevelop the West Broad site. So uh, once again, just almost right where we were talking about earlier, if you're, as you're leaving downtown headed uh, towards Beechwood, on your left, uh, there's a big sign there that says West Broad. And that site from the late 1800s until the 1970s was, uh, those were where the schools were located that African-Americans on that side of town went to go get educated. Um, and so there are still three buildings on the site. Uh, one is from the 1920s. Two are from the 1950s. They're called equalization era buildings because they were from the separate but equal. Separate but equal. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And there was a standard on how to build them. Um, we know one of the buildings is going to be saved and the school district's already committed to that. We're going to work with them to try to advise them on what might be able to happen with the rest. And at the very least, we've worked with the school district to build a commitment that we're not just going to commemorate these buildings that get taken down with a plaque on the back of someone's door. 
Uh, we're going to properly document anything that comes down. Um, and anything new that's built, there's going to be murals, uh, interpretive signage, and other things so that any visitor to that building gets a sense of the history that they're walking on. You know, drag you into somebody else's argument here, Tommy Valentine, sure. not, again, historic Athens. Uh, the whole back and forth, the University of Georgia, Baldwin Hall, the discovery mm -hmm. of human remains there, right. likely, almost certainly, the remains of at least some folks mm -hmm. who were held in bondage, slaves for a time, what right. to do with those. I mean, that speaks to this argument. This is the very essence of the argument we were making at the outset here. What what is historic? How far do you go in preserving history right. and what's heritage and what's what is something else that ought to be addressed in a different way? Yeah, well, so I think that, you know, the question you're bringing up is one we've been dragging ourselves into in some ways. Uh, what we've come to realize is that there is not just about Baldwin. There are so many abandoned cemeteries and so many burial plots that we didn't know about around Athens. Um, so uh, early in my tenure, I got a phone call about the, a good example. This is St. James Baptist Cemetery, which is off Highway 29. Um, and uh, you go back there and there are veterans of, you know, these are African-American veterans of every war, including the Civil War, uh, but the graveyard's abandoned. So you'll walk by someone that fought in World War II and there's a Burger King wrapper on it because mm. people think it's an abandoned lot. Um, and so uh, we're, one of our places in peril list is Central Baptist Cemetery, which is a, an old abandoned cemetery out in Winterville. Um, and so we, you know, we do think that a, an a honorable society does provide peace for those that are buried. And we want to make sure that we uh, preserve those places, help notate those places, and work with the city as much as possible, both with Winterville and Athens, uh, to hold those sites as holy places. Yeah, at the same time, I mean, time marches on, right? We were in Rome a few years right. ago. And and uh, the one in Italy, not the one up in northwest <laughs> Georgia. And, yeah. and uh, talking to some of the people there, uh, that... that it's hard to build anything there. As soon as you put shovel to dirt, you uncover something right. that dates back, I mean, a couple of millennia maybe right. or even longer, and you're suddenly dealing with the historic discovery. We, I'm sure we'll run into that issue here in Athens, not nearly to that extent. We're not talking about history that goes back that far. Right. But nonetheless, we have to be sensitive as we build and grow that we do sometimes step on and uncover things that are historic in nature. Yeah, and there are best practices on what happens. I mean, if you you or I put a shovel in the ground and found a body in our backyard, there's there's ways to deal with those things. You know, you're reminding me. There's actually I wish I could remember it better, but there's a George Carlin bit on this very subject about you know uh, what are we going to do when all the land's just full of gravestones? Mm, yeah, and that's that is a discussion that Europe and other places are having to have about. Do you really own that plot? Are you leasing that plot? You know, what ha in some places, after a certain period of time, your remains are exhumed and cremated and then put somewhere else. Uh, but I think the United States has such an abundance of land right now. We're not at that point. We're also talking about cemeteries where, act, you know, living Athenians want to go visit their parents or grandparents. Uh, you know, the, the cemetery I brought up earlier, Michael Thurmond, a lot of his relatives are there. Charlie Maddox, a lot of his relatives are there. And so I think that we're still at a point where we want to keep these places available as a, a place of rest, but also a place to go. I was remember. just about to mention Michael yeah. Thurman, uh, yeah. a former state labor commissioner, state lawmaker from here in Athens, now the, the head of government in DeKalb County, and a writer mm -hmm. and an historian. And if it was anything right. else, this guy is just, just to love sit and listen yeah. and read his books. And I'm reminded, I'm, uh, something, I've, never, I've been here 20 plus years now, mm -hmm. and just these things that you're not aware of until you dig into the history. Linen Town. That's right. I, I'd never heard of it. That's right. And I'm yeah. sure he's written about it. I just hadn't right. heard about it. Uh, so, yeah. So Linen Town's a really interesting story that tells us a lot about Athens. So uh, 
at, at, at one point where the dorms are now on campus. The Baxter Street. On ba- that's right, exactly. Uh, that was a up-and-coming, soon-to-be middle-class African-American neighborhood of plumbers, electricians, and university workers. Um, and at one point, uh, the university wanted to put dorms in. Um, and so the city of Athens and the University of Georgia uh, scouted out what they called uh, Urban Renewal Project 50. And you can go back and see there's video of this and everything. But they basically went one by one and uh, told people that they had to get out. Uh, over half the property or over half the residents owned their homes, which was quite something at the time. And at most, most groups were given maybe a thousand bucks for a plot that's now, I mean, you can imagine the land value <laughs> over yeah. there. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it, that, that is, uh, that, it was a shocking story. I've lived in Athens since 89, and I didn't hear that story until this year. Uh, uh, yeah. How can folks get involved? Another couple of minutes here left with yeah. Tommy Valentine. What is now historic Athens? You perhaps know it as the Athens yeah. Clark Heritage Foundation. How can folks get involved? Well, I'm so glad you asked that because, you know, you hear me talking about certain types of stories, African-American cultural history, favorite restaurants, things like that. But the listeners probably have their own idea of what Athens heritage is, what places we should be paying attention to, what stories we should be preserving. Um, and so if you want to push and pull us in that direction, we are eager to hear from you. Uh, you can go on Facebook or Instagram and just look up Historic Athens. You'll find us there. If you just go to historicathens.com, you'll find us there. You'll find my phone number if you want to call me and uh, Speaking of Cedar Shoals, that's the same phone number I've had since Cedar Shoals. So <laughs> plug it in and you can call me anytime. But I, I, we, I want to stress, we exist to serve this community uh, as best as possible to make sure that your community heritage, and I mean you, the listener, is preserved. So just go to historicathens.com and get involved. On that list of things I should know but don't, how are you folks funded? So we are strictly donation funded. Um, we do have two... That's another it- issue with calling it the Athens Clark Heritage Foundation. Makes it sound like some kind of <laughs> arm of the government. That's right. It makes it sound like we're endowed. We have two initiatives that receive some governmental funding. We do Hands on Athens, which does home repairs for low-income families in... Uh, uh, historic areas, uh, and that receives some funding through the local HCD department. We also operate the Athens Welcome Center that greets 11,000 visitors a year, and that's funded through the hotel motel tax. I also realized, Tim, I'd be remiss to, uh, if your listeners are listening and they want to get involved, we have the perfect opportunity on Sunday, Sunday 1 to 6 p.m. in Pulaski Heights, Newtown Boulevard in Buena Vista. There will be 11 concerts an hour. We're hosting something called Historic Athens Porch Fest. Porch Fest, yeah. That's right. And so uh, it's a great way to celebrate on some historic porches, walk around. It's completely free and family friendly. Celebrate our music heritage. Um, and you can find out more about that on historicathens.com forward slash porch fest. Historicathens.com, the website. Again, Tommy Valentine, director at Historic Athens. Thanks for rolling out here this morning. Oh, Tim, thanks for having me.